Alaska. Join me, Ariane Arambura, for a conversation with parents navigating their way through the ups and downs of raising children and building families. It's called Parenting in the Far North, a podcast from Alaska's news source. Each week, our guests don't hesitate to get vulnerable and real about their own experiences. With topics ranging from military families to mental health to foster care, there's something for any parent. New episodes of Parenting in the Far North drop every Thursday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Alaska's Political Pipeline. I am David Bernkoff. I'm Rebecca Paulson. And it feels like, because it is, like 10 years since we've done a podcast. <laughs> right? Totally it is, is. It is too long, and that is my fault. Oh. I take the full blame for wow. that. Wow. Falling on the sword. I know. But here we are back again. And wow, did we miss some interesting things. Ooh. Maybe the most interesting thing, most interesting, almost inexplicable story, is the story that was initially broken by Alaska Public mm -hmm. Radio. It led to the resignation of an aide to Governor Dunleavy. So who was that person and what did he do? So Nat Herz is one of the people who worked on the story and he talked to Jeremy Kubas, who was a photographer for the governor, who then seems to have gotten promoted into the role of leading the Office of Family and Life, um, but has for years apparently had podcasts, which are about four hours in length per podcast, um, where he says some things that are shocking <laughs> and he seems like shocked that people hadn't n known his belief system and also that um, it's people looking to be outraged is what he said. And we got a long interview mm -hmm. with Mr. Kubas, which we're still working on presenting to you, the audience. We're also trying unsuccessfully so far, but still trying to get Governor Dunleavy mm -hmm to agree to go on camera and talk about, not the podcast, but talk about why this office exists and what its policies are, what its goals are. And we have failed so far, but we're not going to give up. No. But we want to hear from the governor. We, we, wanna... don't, we don't want statements and yeah. emails. Yeah. And the, the first time it was, well, this is a personnel issue, and we've been clear this is not to talk about Jeremy. It's to talk about that job. Um, but the, apparently the governor's... Never available. So far, he has not made himself available. And like I say, we're going to keep trying. But uh, it doesn't seem like he wants to talk about this issue or the broader issue of his office and what it in, is intended to do. But one thing I do want to say about Mr. Kubas and the controversy over his statements on his podcast is – to pick up on something you said, he insists that these are philosophical, mm -hmm. deep philosophical discussions. They don't necessarily represent a policy position or even a position on, for instance, the value, the whether Hitler was evil or not evil. That's one of the mm -hmm. issues that, that he discussed. And he insists, and he insisted throughout the interview, and he's insisted in other forms, that if you don't accept that these are philosophical discussions taught by a former professor of philosophy, which he was, uh, then the criticism is irrelevant. And he does not accept that 
his critics have anything to say unless they've listened to and engaged with him mm-hmm. on the basis of his philosophical belief structure. Now, one of the things he said to us, we're going to play a little clip now as a tease, is that his critics, if they don't engage in that deeper discussion, are just blathering. Just the way that I am, I can't really be anything else besides me. I've always been this way since I was a child. I got myself in trouble in school this way um, when I was elementary school. Just because if something doesn't make any sense to me or there's, if something is an irrational statement, I'm going to be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why would I admit to nonsensical ideas or conclusions um, when, when, they don't, when they aren't derived from a deduction or induction? And then you have nothing. You have blathering statements. So there you go. Blathering is the word he used. We have much more. You will hear much more uh, in the coming days when we have that story uh, to present. Um, But he's an interesting character. And as of today, the governor still doesn't wish to talk about. Nope. Still not available. Yeah, still not available. So we do ask um, the governor through this podcast and through multiple emails Sit down with us and talk about what it is your office is intended to accomplish, what your policies are that you wish to uh, foster through that office, and that's what we want to talk Mm -hmm. about. We're not interested. I think it would be silly of us to try to catch up with Alaska Public Radio on this story, who did such a great job Mm -hmm. of detailing what was said on the podcast. So enough about that. Let us now move to City Hall here in Anchorage. There's a new mayoral candidate, isn't there? Oh, man. Who the is bi- the new the, candidate? Who was billed as the big fish. <laughs> he was billed as a big fish. I'm new here, so I don't really know him, but he was a state legislator at he one point? He was. He was a state legislator um, and has been in politics. But who is it? Chris uh, Tuck? Chris is that Tuck. His name? Chris okay. Tuck. So he's been in politics for a long time. Very well known. Um, uh, I was a little surprised to see his name in there and... Um, it's been interesting to watch who the Democrats are kind of seem to be rallying behind at this point. Um, we went over and did a quick soundbite with him on the issue of homelessness over at the Anchorage Senior Center where mm-hmm. he was glad-handing. And uh, he joins the former Anchorage Assembly chair, Suzanne LaFrance, and, of course, the current mayor, Dave Bronson, who all three of them have – filed letters of intent to run. We don't know if there'll be other candidates. I really, like, this is just going to be, I mean, all races have some air of drama and and they're all interesting. But I am curious to see if any Republicans kind of throw their name in the hat for this one. Yeah, because the mayor, whatever you think of the mayor's politics, he has not had the smoothest um, administration. And so there is, there could be room for another Republican, mm-hmm. but again, I don't know who that would be, and we haven't heard any names as of now, but no. would not surprise you if somebody else jumped right? in. No, it, it's, and it's so early still. There's so much time left. I know. I think about, like the other day I was thinking about the presidential race. Oh, geez. And I got kind of confused. I used to cover these things in a, in a previous life, and I thought, oh my gosh, it must be, with all these candidates running around, it must be about time for the conventions. And then I realized, no, what are you thinking? <laughs> the conventions are not for another year plus. Oh this is gosh. just, this is like a year run-up to the conventions. So, 
There's a lot of time yeah. for all of this to play out. Uh, but the the mayoral election here is not it's not a November election, mm, it's April. April election. So there is a little less time for that. And we'll see if anybody else jumps in. One of the things that, that I have found interesting in the last few weeks and that our station did a couple of stories on is there seems to be a bit of thawing in the relations and the anger, at least the verbal part of it, between the mayor's office and the assembly. They're, oh, I know. It's like, fascinating. They're kind of talking Every- about how they're trying to get along. Uh-huh. Everyone's best, best, best friends right now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I know that we interviewed the mayor and we interviewed Chris Constant, who's the, the new assembly chair, and both of them spoke encouragingly of the other, which is not something you hear that often. No, it makes you wonder if, you know, we have not moved forward in the homeless crisis and we have, you know, really making decisions for the summer seem kind of over at this point. It's, you know, summer's almost over. It's like we're at the halfway point solstice this week. Um, So it seems like maybe there's some recognition that, like, if you have to come up with a real plan for the winter. And... What's interesting is the assembly has agreed to once again consider the mayor's plan to build a navigation center. Mm-hmm. And it has a chance to pass this time. And that seemed dead before. Mm-hmm. The flip side is that there, Felix Rivera on the assembly and the sanctioned camp task force came up with a big plan to create sanctioned camps around town this summer. And there was kind of an agreement both from the mayor's side and from several people in the assembly, that the plan was too ambitious. But everyone kind of agreed, let's do a little project. We'll buy these, what they call pallet homes, maybe 30 of them. We'll see if we can create one sanctioned campsite over at Cuddy Park. And now that the Solstice Festival is gone, maybe that'll happen. And again, that was a bit of a compromise on everyone's part, the sort of thing we have not seen a lot of on the homeless issue mm-hmm. recently. That's fascinating too, because like, I mean, there are camps all over town right now. <laughs> there, you know, the property, it was the old native medical hospital, the slope before you go to ship Creek. I mean, there are just, there are camps everywhere right now. And it'll be interesting to see the ACLU has threatened a lawsuit for the abatement of the area near Cuddy park before the festival, the city argued that there were some unique safety concerns mm-hmm. concerns there because of the festival. So now, as we record this, the festival has just ended. Will that camp refill? Right. We'll see in the coming right. days. Uh, one thing I do want to say, though, before we get carried away with the kumbaya <laughs> discussion, is that on Friday, last Friday... Uh, although the assembly approved a settlement agreement with the uh, Hickel Construction Company mm-hmm. of two and a half million dollars to pay them for work done but not authorized on mm-hmm. the NAV Center, there was discussion in that assembly meeting that the people in the assembly were concerned that if they approved that settlement, what they were essentially saying was any mayor. This mayor, any future mayor, yep. can spend anything they want without approval of the assembly, and the assembly will be essentially stuck for it because the work began or was done. 
And the concern was that that is a separation of powers issue. It essentially grants uh, spending authority to the mayor because mm. the mayor just says, go ahead and start on a project and, now and you got to pay for it. Yeah, or you have a lawsuit, which we did. Right. <laughs> now, that's the flip side is yeah. everyone agreed, the lawyers on on uh, for the mayor, the lawyers for the assembly, and most of the assembly members agreed that once the work was done, you're going to have to pay these people yeah. and that there was no case if they did take it to court. So I think a lot of the assembly people felt they were caught between a rock and a hard place on that one. And there was not a lot of kumbaya discussion at that Friday work session that approved the settlement. It sounded a little bit like the old-fashioned mayor and assembly don't get along. But they did approve it. Uh, so they, there were three, let's go over this again, there were three lawsuits, major lawsuits mm -hmm. filed against the mayor. Mm -hmm. One was by Hickel. That's now been settled for two and a half million. Now there was uh, filed by one of his employees that was over improper dismissal of her. That was paid out. The one settlement that was agreed to by the mayor's office and the municipal attorney was to Amy Domboski, the former city manager. Mm -hmm. That was not approved. Not and approved. That remains out there. I don't think, last time I checked, a lawsuit hadn't been filed, although it had been threatened. We'll just have to wait and see what happens right? with the Domboski thing, because that one is still out there. You know, that, that one's interesting, you know, because Scott Kendall is representing Amy, and he had said, you know, kind of like, this is not, it's cheaper, essentially, to settle. And, and Cheaper, and your his message, and he's her attorney, of course, he mm -hmm. says this, you're going to lose anyway, so right. why not settle? But the settlement was for around a half a million dollars, and right. I think the assembly was like, wait a minute, that's <laughs> a big chunk of money uh -huh. for some, someone who hasn't even filed a lawsuit yet. So that is something we'll have to figure out in a future podcast, perhaps. <laughs> but we do want you to uh, stay tuned. You are working hard I'm working. <laughs> on what to do with our Jeremy Kubas story. So he's a big talker. He he's, is he's, a talker. He's he, a talker. We will say this. I think you're in agreement with me uh -huh. that he is sometimes hard to edit for television. He is because he is he's a he's long-winded and he uses a lot of words and speeds up and slows down and yeah, he's a yeah. tough edit. <laughs> I, I think if you are in a university philosophy class, you would understand a lot more of what he <laughs> says than if you have not been in that class. Yes. But let us know again what you think of our podcast. I promise we'll be more back to our old schedule now. <laughs> Although I'm off to a investigative reporters convention. I'm very jealous. You're going to have a great time. In Orlando, Florida. I don't know. It's like 100 <laughs> degrees there so and thunderstorms. So I saw somewhere that Anchorage hasn't had a thunderstorm in like three years. Oh, is that what it is? I yeah. didn't realize that. Interesting. That's a funny thing. For me, coming from the south and yeah. the east... What do you mean you haven't had a thunderstorm in three years? I think I remember like once we had some thunder and the whole town was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to go experience thunder again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank Keep you. listening. Thank you.